Call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Rollback. And today we are doing the training camp risers, the training camp fallers, the training camp guys who I've never really heard of. So I just talked to Wikipedia's before this, but they might be relevant. I don't know. So much news is going on. So we just want to kind of go through the guys that are going up. Our rankings going down, going right into it. Starting with the Tampa Bay Bucks, a lot going on there. The entire interior of their offensive line has already changed over. But Mike Evans tweaked his hamstring uh, over the weekend. Don't know how serious that's going to be. And then combined, I personally am lowering Chris Godwin on my rankings because I think that I was over... Uh, Got overexcited? Over optimistic in his return. And I think now I have come back to earth and after seeing how practice is going, realizing that Chris, like uh, Todd Bowles, the, now the coach of the Bucks after Bruce Arians retired, basically said, Chris, like, like try to temper expectations. I feel like Chris Godwin still might miss the early. And he's just, again... Week one is seven months from, or right now it's seven months from his ACL, eight months to week one. It's a nine month injury. I've kind of lowered Chris Godwin down to like the 80s or so in my rankings. And then I don't know how you guys feel about that. And then combine with the Mike Evans hamstring. But are you guys at all nervous about Tampa Bay? Yes. I mean, I, I'm the same with you, Heifetz. I've got him, I think, at 91. I might have him the lowest of all three of us. I'm just trying to be a little bit conservative about injuries. This is your warning from last year. This is what you told us about Saquon, you know, like, Take it easy, guys. Need a little bit of time to get back up to speed. So um, I think I'm just overly low on most of the guys that are coming off of major injury this year just because, you know, um, there's just so much uncertainty with the timeline and, and you know, just how good they're going to be even when they get in. I'm less worried about Chris Godwin being able to come back from this ACL because that just doesn't really bother me anymore. I know I said, like, I like the guy who's like the year after the year after, <laughs> but I, I still think it's Brady. He's, he's, Probably going to be fine, and it, by week but four. But why? But it was the end of the season. You know, it wasn't in like October. I trust the player. If he's back out there by week one, like if anyone's in the game, I'm assuming that they're healthy enough to actually perform well in the game. If Godwin is playing, I'm going to draft Godwin and I'm going to start Godwin confidently. I'm way more worried about the Bucks' offensive line and like the Bucks as a team. This is why I like the Saints to win the division. I think they're a good bet. 
But um, the offensive line stuff to me is the most scary part of what's going on with the Bucs. I think that's interesting since obviously Tom Brady, I mean, it's every quarterback's pressure. Weak point is weak is interior pressure. It's kind of like when people are like, oh, four main rush beats Brady, four main rush beats everybody. But it's not good that, I mean, obviously Ryan Jensen's hurt. Both their guards are shifted out. It's it, We'll see about the Bucs. But I, I disagree. With, players are hurt and play all the time. And like, honestly, it's actually, I think our biggest knowledge gap is guys who are playing hurt. We don't even know they're playing hurt. So the, if anything, like, I, I don't know. I think guys coming off that injury, I'm, I'm out on Chris Godwin this year. As Dika said the same way. The whole year? The this year. Well, you're going to have to draft him. I'm sure. I mean, like maybe he'll get back into form. I just think, look, his name's Chris Godwin and he's been on the bucks and you see those two things and you're like, oh, he'll be good. He'll be fine. But in reality, like, He's still not going against defenders right now. It's August 8th. He's not going against other defensive players. And so I I just think it's really just because Adrian Peterson had like that incredible season when he came back from ACL and he's a freak. The idea that, oh, well, ACLs are fine now. I think that we're at this point where we're kind of a little crazily overconfident in people's injury recovery. It's a really bad injury still. (laughs) Yeah. Come even though you like the guy who tore his Achilles a year ago, you're, you're stoked about him this season. Oh, for Cam Akers for the Rams? No, but even that, I'm like, no, I'm moving. I moved him down as well quite a bit because like like earlier in camp, I felt that Akers was going to be the guy and that Henderson was going to be You moved him down because of Henderson's role in the offense, not because of his injury history. Yeah, well, Cam Akers had the most miraculous Achilles injury of a a, a pro athlete on record. Like everyone's focusing that he was bad when he came back. I think the fact that he came back after five months is incredible and a good sign. I don't know. He also got hurt in August. Yeah, it's a year ago. Achilles, a much more devastating injury than an ACL. Before we move off the box, how do you feel about Mike Evans? Are we worried about this hamstring thing? So on one hand, I hate when like players you might take in the first two rounds get a hamstring injury. Yeah. The, the flip side is he tweaked it. We'll see how long he's out of practice. Mike Evans has basically had a hamstring issues for like seven years, and he also has <laughs> seven consecutive 1,000-yard right. seasons. He's just like such a veteran in this offense. I, he, he doesn't have to play a snap of practice in training camp, and I, I wouldn't care. As long as he's healthy by week one, I don't care. Didn't he, ha- didn't he have a hamstring injury last year, and he just like played through it, and he's still every just year. putting up every, He numbers. literally yeah. does every year. Hyvitz is right. <laughs> Basically every season. Remember when, but it's just always, yeah. As long as he comes back to practice within like seven-ish days, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, all. agree. Okay. We also have to talk about the Steelers quarterback situation. We get in tagged in these a lot. We get tagged in these news <laughs> I love items. that it's our thing now. It's great. <laughs> Craig and I had a robust <laughs> argument, and I think both of us were right and both of us were wrong. Yeah. So the point of our argument was I basically was like, Trubisky's going to be the starter. Mason Rudolph's going to be the number two, and Kenny Pickett's the three. That is exactly what the depth chart is right now. I'm not spiking the football at an August 8th depth chart. <laughs> You're very tempted to, though, I think. Yeah, like you just said that you cut by saying I'm not going to spike the football, you suggested that you kind of are thinking about spiking the football. <laughs> no, no. Right, well, I, I mean, it occurred to me, obviously, <laughs> but it's like this the super bad thing. It's like, obviously, that was the first thing I thought of <laughs> spiking yeah. the football. But no, it's a depth chart in August 8th. Like, it's a grain of salt. The Unofficial. flip side is that Trubisky's look terrible. They, they steal the concerning. Detail was Mark uh, Mark Cabley at the Athletic had this detail. So basically, the Steelers have a goal line drill called seven shots, which, you know, seven shots at the end zone. And <laughs> Trubisky started 0 for 16 with his completions in this drill. I think the ball's at like the three or four yard line for this game. It, it, so on the other hand, like, look, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Frymouth, Najee Harris were all like not in the, most of these plays. Yeah. But he was start. he's four of 23 in this drill as of a day or two ago. That is, I mean, look, practice stats mean almost nothing, but that is bad. Four of 23 is bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> the real story here is that they're all bad. All these quarterbacks on the Steelers are bad. And Mason Rudolph looks the best, but I I put nothing to that because Jimmy he's the Garoppolo. only one who knows the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. They should have done that already. I think the thing, it's not the Steelers quarterback, quarterback situation. I mean, it's that's not even my concern as much as, are you guys at all? I moved Najee Harris down in our in my rankings this week. Not I, I, I'm very high on him. I moved him down. Because I kind of looked at this offense, I was like, if this offense flat out sucks, I was a little concerned. So I moved mm-hmm. him below Austin Eckler and below Derrick Henry. So I still am pretty high on him. I still have him, you know, as a top top eight player. But I'm a little nervous that this offense might just suck. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. again, they sucked last year. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think I moved Najee down a little bit too in my rankings. He also has a foot injury. I'm bearing the lead. He also, Najee also has a foot injury and he's been out like five or six days, which is not good considering half the argument for Najee is he'll play more snaps and maybe get more it's touches than anyone in the NFL. Yeah. I think the Steelers want to run another conservative offense this year. I think Trubisky, I think Trubisky's just kind of going to play the Ben Roethlisberger role of last year. And I, it's not a difficult role to play. And Mitch is more mobile and can keep plays alive more. I, I still don't really see a world in which, Mark, is it Kabali or Kabali? I don't know how to Kabali? say it. Kabali? Kabali? I'm not the pronunciation expert here. His, <laughs> I don't know. His prediction is that, that Steelers fans are going to miss Ben Roethlisberger this year when we watch Ooh. Mitch Trubisky play. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I'd go that far. But my, my Absence thought on this makes is, the heart grow fonder. Even if Mitch Trubisky plays the Ben Roethlisberger role, I don't see how Najee's worse. I still don't. I just think we've seen the floor of yeah. this offense, and it's in the past. I'm, <laughs> I, I really do think like there's something to be said for you know obviously quarterback is the most important position, and you know quarterback can make the scheme go. But I can't get over the fact that like. It was the Ben Roethlisberger scheme. Like Matt Canada wasn't doing anything. Like he did, he couldn't run any of the stuff he wanted to run because Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't run it. And at some point, it was like Ben was basically the offensive coordinator. I just think that there are going to be more things that they can do to open things up, get guys open, maybe even open up some run lanes because they're spreading things out and they're using more motion, things like that. That's confusing the defense, um, making them hesitate. I don't know. I'm maybe just that's just total like idiot. It's never going to happen. Like, this is just like preseason bullshit that we we do every year. But like, I'm actually thinking that could actually make a ma- Like, it could make a difference. Um, even though I do expect the quarterback situation to be still pretty bad. Ben was like the 88-year-old senile grandfather who refused to give up <laughs> driving rights on the way to Palm Springs when the whole family's in the car going 25 on the freeway. Yeah. Again, the stat, the reason that I'm so high on Najee that's underrated because p- basically the argument is without Ben and without the quick passing, they'll, you know, Najee will have less catches. But again, I think people are underrating exactly what DK said, where Roethlisberger was too slow to come from under center. So they just did everything in shotgun. But because you're in shotgun, you can't run the ball because shotgun's not as good for running. So they just were bad running game. I think a lot of the, it, I mean, Steelers fans listening know their team's been bad at running. I'm not saying the Steelers have a good offensive line. I'm saying the offensive line was mediocre players that were put in the worst possible position because you have to run block at a shotgun. No one's in a good spot. So the Steelers and Roethlisberger had the most shotgun passes inside the five last year, inside the 10, inside the 20. Think about that. Not Mahomes, not Josh Allen, fucking Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers had the most shotgun passes. And it's like Trubisky will not. Now they're going to be below average. I just think now he's going to get a lot more touches, but I hope his foot is okay. So I have a question. And then also Deontay Johnson. Sorry, I forgot to mention Deontay Johnson. The receiver got his contract extension. So he got a little two year bump on his deal. Chase Claypool back at practice. So there you go. So interesting. Pickens. Pickens is really showing out, too. He's looked really good. Trubisky, 
Rudolph, Pickett, whoever plays, they'll probably suck. But if you suck the way that the offense wants you to suck, it still will be better than Ben, ben was last year. That's where we we're hope. At. We hope. You know that Simpsons <laughs> line? Like, like when Bart's like, this is the worst day of my life. And he's like, worst day of your life so far. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe Trubisky will be worse than Ben. I don't well, know. I, my, so I, my friends were at UNC Chapel Hill when uh, Trubisky was there. And they called him Trubutsky. Yeah. While he was a college football quarterback. So, okay. Is that good? <laughs> Is that good? Uh, okay. Uh, Fallers. Josh Jacobs, Raiders running back. My goodness. Um, mm. This was the will, story of the Hall of Fame game, I think. Woof. So, yeah. So, they do yeah. the Hall of Fame that game. Was if you so don't know, weird. <laughs> so, if you don't know, they do the Hall of Fame game, and they basically play a preseason game a week before all the other preseason games. And it's so annoying to the teams that play that they actually let those teams start training camp a whole week earlier just so that it doesn't totally, they don't have to just basically do this like live tackling scrimmage without enough practices. So because it's so early, you don't really see like a ton of important people ever play. Well, Josh Jacobs played the entire first quarter, which by hall of fame game standards is a lot. <laughs> yeah. DK, when this happened, we kind of had, we disagreed on what this meant. I was like, oh, sky's falling. But also, I don't like Josh Jacobs. And I was like, total like preseason means nothing unless it confirms your existing beliefs. So <laughs> I was like, again, ready to spike the football. But do you think this means anything? Or do you think Josh Jacobs is still totally the starter? Because he did start the game. I mean, I still think he's going to be the starter. I think what it means is they don't view him as the foundation back of their offense and they're going to utilize him for 300 touches, blah, blah, blah. It's basically going to be one of those situations where it's going to be really confusing and annoying and maybe dependent on matchup and maybe dependent on situation who they're using. Cause um, you know, honestly, like Amir Abdullah, he looked pretty good at times when he was playing. Zamir white had some explosive runs. He looked pretty good. Um, yeah, it's gonna, you, all their running backs played, I believe they had like yeah. five running backs play. So it's not yeah. like someone else was benched. Like they're the precious starter. So, yeah, I think that's basically the story is it's going to be mo maybe potentially more of a rotation than anybody wants, than any fantasy player wants. And that's, I think, what a lot of people kind of assumed might be the case just because they're, you know, they're bringing the New England system over with McDaniels. That's just how they've always done it. They're never going to, you know, lean on one guy for a ton of carries. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. So they clearly don't see him as like a, you know, long term piece of the rebuild or whatever, you know, it's not really a rebuild, but the piece of what they're building there. Um, it's a, it's a, it, 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 it's something there. It's a re something over there. Derek Carr, Devonta Adams and Darren Waller did not play because those are key contributors to this Raiders offense and shows you how they're valued to, to McDaniels. If Josh Jacobs was in that crew, he wouldn't have played. So clearly th this is a sign. They don't see him in the same categories as other guys. McDaniels basically said that he likes them getting tackled. Which is which I understand. I basically think I agree. Old with DK. school. Basically, old school. I said this on our last episode before the game happened, where I don't know where I. There are certain plays we hate, but we have to rank. Josh Jacobs is one of them. Should he be fiftieth? Should he be one hundredth? He should be somewhere in between there. And yet, if I'm on the clock with the one hundredth pick, I still almost don't want him. I would take him, <laughs> yeah. but it's the point where it's just there's certain kinds of players that I don't want this person and. There's almost like a point where the value, it, it's like in a theory, like, look, you, if a player falls to you, you want to stop a value, blah, 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 blah. I didn't want Josh Jacobs on my team. It's not the kind of player that wins you games. It's like uh, yeah. low upside, low floor. It's like he could lose the job. It, it, you know, he's not going to press them. They didn't draft him. He's gotten plenty of volume in the past. Hasn't been that good with it. So it's just, 
Well, so I will say the one thing that was a little bit encouraging, and again, this is you never want to overreact to the Hall of Fame game. I just want that to be clear. Here. I always overreact. Understatement to the Hall of, Fame of the game. century <laughs> served me well. However, I, they did throw it to him a couple times. They're utilizing him on Stop. screens. He no. didn't rotate in, which Stop. in and out. So that means like ostensibly he is a starter. And by the way, and I think Nathan Yonsky pointed this out from PFF. Last year's Hall of Fame game, or at least the first preseason game for the Patriots, McDaniels rotated, started Damian Harris. Like, Damian Harris played the first, like, series or two. So, I don't know. Like, I think the idea is don't overreact one way or another to this. And Josh McDaniels did come out and say, we are not trying to trade Josh Jacobs. Which, to be clear, is because he was asked, are you trying to trade Josh Jacobs? (laughs) Um, So he said no. So that Uh, both means nothing, I guess, in a way. What's he supposed to say? Yes, we're trying to, no, no. Uh, it was definitely funny though. People were freaking out about it during, on Twitter during the game. It was like, "Holy shit, he's still in the game!" <laughs> what quarter is it? People were freaking out. Other faller and a riser. David Montgomery Bears running back kind of a faller. Khalil Herbert, his backup is a riser because he's not really backup. Seems like that is going to be a rotation yeah. in Chicago. DK, is this? I mean, Montgomery. We had him on the all boring team. I, I think he's officially just boring now, but he's not on the all boring team. I dropped yeah. him quite a bit. I think I dropped him 20 spots. I've been the David Montgomery defender, but like honestly, a lot of the the argument in favor of David Montgomery is just the absolute awesome volume he got last year. Like when when he came back after uh getting hurt and, and Khalil Herbert took over for him for a little while, he came back and he was basically like a three down back. He was getting almost every snap, all the high value stuff. Um and there's just but then frankly, that coach not, and GM were fired. Correct. And, and there's repl- no way <laughs> that you can bank on that happening again anymore because there's a new coaching staff here. Um, and honestly, like we talked about this on the last pod, like there's no real reason I don't think for coaches to play the running backs like that much. Like, what good is it going to do you? I really just don't see the idea. Like the the point in it, I think it's great for fantasy and it's much more fun for fantasy. But like in the real world, ramming your like getting your running back just exposed to hits after hits after hits in every single game is like not a good process. Yeah, it's like, didn't reports come out about uh, Denver saying that they wanted to use Melvin Gordon and Javante sparingly because they wanted to keep them healthy? It makes yeah, the most pitch sense. Count. A, they said yeah, pitch they said count. They pitch count. Yeah. Oh boy. It's smart. It's practical. Again, I don't want to speak to football, but I also did say that last week when I went to Denver. I was like, everyone, like we need the horny police for Javante Williams. Bonk. We do. Yeah. Bonk indeed. Okay, so Montgomery, like a, like a, the rich version of Josh Jacobs, where it's like, kind of. Uh, don't you know what? Because the other part, the Bears, we made this joke: the worst receiving core in the league. If you rank every receiving core in the league, is Chicago's, and if you rank every offensive line in the league, Chicago's might be last. And it's like, at what point is this just? We don't want to admit it, but the Bears are actually that offense you don't want the backfield. It's like unless Justin Fields, also you, Justin Fields might vulture touchdowns, and it's like, sure, mm-hmm. maybe there's some cool read option thing where the rushing is really good. In reality, all their players except four like kind of suck. And a lot of them are getting hurt now, too. It's like Byron Pringle is hurt. Nikhil Harry, who maybe wasn't going to play, he got hurt. Yeah, I think you're right, DK. But Khalil Herbert's a cool late-round pick. We'll see when people are drafting where he's actually ranked. He's probably a cool late-round pick. However, I also kind of get the fear that this Bears backfield is just one of those three backfields this year where you're like, it seemed cool in August. And then you get there like, oh, yeah, this team sucks. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. <laughs> the, the new Giants. They but don't her, score her, rather have Herbert... In the 130th pick than Montgomery anywhere, really. 
Him, so is Herbert, you think it's just that the, the coaches just view him as a better player? I mean, this is a six-round draft pick who played all four years in college. You think they just he's just outplaying Montgomery in training camp? I think it's what DK's. No, Montgomery's the starter, but it's what DK just said. Why would teams give someone 90% of snaps, yeah. 80%, 70%, especially when they didn't draft him? David Montgomery's a, um, a, a, a free agent at the end of this year. Ryan Poles, the new Bears GM. Like, this is a ground up rebuild like they somehow they Justin Fields night who they just took like what two defensive backs with their two picks and the for the Bears this is like a three-year facelift that the Chicago team needs honestly you could argue to me the Bears are on like a Houston Texans level yeah rebuilding process the who what world do they want David Montgomery to get 75 percent of the case they want to see if Khalil Harbert's worth anything they want to rotate him in I don't know it's worth seeing so I just, you know, I get, the only argument, maybe this is just galaxy braining it, is they know that he's not the long term answer, so they're just going to ride him this year and not try and like risk long term injury to anybody else because they're well, like they're not going to protect their sixth round pick because he's so precious for Herbert. Yeah, it's just like yeah. they didn't draft him either. <laughs> Overall, it's just they're like not it, the only to argument win this year though. Yeah. If Khalil Herbert like won the passing game work and the Bears, Justin Fields was just checking down all the time, sure, but I don't know if Fields is some check down artist either. So my God, okay. Bears are going to be really bad. I hope Robert Mays is in They're the least discussed team, I feel like, of, of the fantasy offseason for us. We are not talking. We, when we do the, we're going to do an episode called The Players That Nobody's Talking About Before Your Draft. Darnell Mooney is on that list. Yeah, seriously. Darnell Mooney had more targets than Jamar Chase last year. And honestly, Fields is in the conversation as Weird. like a high up, like the like the bad version of Trey Lance, where maybe he'll just run a lot. But even then, it's like Darnell Mooney is like Brandon Cooks of the NFC. <laughs> yeah. He's young Brandon Cooks. The NFL Week 1 odds are out. And now is the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook. If you have not already, get in on the action early this season. And right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Craig, who are the Bears playing in Week 1? What are their odds on FanDuel Sportsbook? Uh, The Bears are playing the Niners, and they're getting six and a half points. Give me the Niners! Oh, my God! (laughs) Give me the Niners! Kyle Shannon and six and a half points. Although it's Trey Lance. No, who cares? The Bears are The Bears are at home. The Bears against the Niners defense, I don't care how bad Trey Lance might be. It's like they have all, they have all offseason to make Trey Lance look good in the first week. And then the Bears offense, the worst O-line, the worst quarterback group against this 49ers defense. I, I t- oh, it's easy. Okay, 49ers giving six and a half. And you, you bet that right now. Go on FanDuel, bet that right now, because by the time week one comes around, it's going to be like eight and a half. But first, sign up using our promo code Ringer Fantasy. Place your first bet, which should be the Niners to beat the Bears by more than basically a touchdown. Place your first bet and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using our promo code RINGERFANTASY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is promo code RINGERFANTASY. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming, first online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 5332-1888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 
WNY to 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Nicely done. Woo! You got a little wobbly in the beginning there. <laughs> I but did, I, I did. You, it's a pass. You passed. I powered through it. Yeah. I can tell when you're doing a parenthetical just by your tone, your intonation. He, he just goes, permitted parishes only. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's called uh, professionalism, DK. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the art right there. Okay. Well, honestly, I wish I could have given the parenthetical voice to just Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. In retrospect, that's how we should <laughs> Do have done this. segment. This is the non-parenthetical, which is a riser. Brandon Ayuk, receiver for the 49ers. Yes. Non-parenthetical, actual thing that matters. Brandon Ayuk is like the star of 49ers training camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, are we, DK, do you think we're all too low on Brandon Ayuk slash maybe too high on Debo Samuel? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Settled. <laughs> All right, let's go read more ads. <laughs> um, yes, Ayuk to me is one of the most enigm- enigmatic fantasy players of this season. Like the upside is absolutely elite. Like he has shown it in the past. He's actually done it. Like he over short periods, of course, he has to get out of the doghouse and and stay out of the doghouse and be consistent and all that. But we've seen what he can do. Um, you know, high volume, big plays, run after the catch. He's a really good player. If you remember last year, he was getting drafted ahead of Debo Samuel by a lot. That was before he had zero catches in week one and then was like the wide receiver 92. I just wrote this down. He's like the wide receiver 91 through the first half of the season. Well, so Matt Harmon at Reception Perception had a really good point on this the other day, and he basically said that Ayuk didn't really prepare for a bigger mm-hmm. role the way Shanahan wanted in the first half of the season, but like Shanahan loves the way that he's preparing this year. And Matt yeah. Harmon also made an excellent point that Debo... Not that Debo's not excellent and not like the number one guy there, but Debo's everything Debo does well jives really well with what Jimmy Garoppolo does well because Jimmy Garoppolo middle just targets field. the middle of the field and Jimmy Garoppolo is not throwing outside the numbers because he kind of can't very well and so he doesn't. But like the things Brandon Ayuk does well is more outside the numbers, but he can you know he can do stuff inside as well. But like Trey Lance is much better suited to do uh, to throw the routes that Ayuk is good at. Also, they've been practicing together in the offseason, yeah. which I don't know that Debo wasn't, but he had his contract stuff. But Ayuk and Lance. Did practice together this offseason more. They seem to have better chemistry. I just, Ayuk seems like such an obvious breakout player. He's so young. Yeah, when Lance when Lance was throwing to Ayuk last year, he had the third highest A dot amongst all qualified passers. That's not nothing. Yeah. The only problem is, is that I think Ayuk might be better in real life than he's going to be in fantasy because we just don't know how much the Niners are going to actually throw the football. And all of the times that Ayuk really spiked, like his rookie season, he had a seven-week stretch where he was going nuts. He averaged like 100 yards a game, was fantastic. Just jumping over people. But Debo and Kittle were out like 80% of those games. So I'm I'm just not sure. I think he'll have, you know, spike weeks, but I don't know if it'll be consistent enough in the offense. I know it's like the it's the zero sum game thing where if he if he's awesome, does that mean Kittle just doesn't do jack shit or or what here? Because that's my concern taking Debo though. Like yeah. I'd rather take Brandon Ayuk. I think I like would too. The 90th pick. And be like, you know what? He's really inconsistent. Third option, the Niners. That's too bad. All right. They didn't get that one right. Then I'd ra- then take Debo. And then it's like, oh, actually, Debo's still amazing. He's this really impressive player. But he was really good in fantasy because of the running stuff, which they don't need anymore because all six of their running backs aren't hurt. And also, he was he's not going to get 30% of the passing offense because Jimmy's not the quarterback. And it's like, if it evens out even a little bit, then you're going to regret taking Debo with the 20th pick. And again, that's... They get the same players they were. It's just 
you know, yeah. Debo's not going to get the ball like he's CeeDee Lamb. I think the lesson with the Niners in fantasy football is just no matter what, draft the cheapest player at, at whichever yes. position. I, that's how <laughs> I feel. Back, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk 60 picks after or 70 picks after Debo. That just is how I feel this season. Also, because underrated, for all the talk about we have about running backs who might get hurt, Debo has scantly played full se healthy seasons of his own. Not that he's going to get hurt, but... How many teams have, like, the top receiver and top running back by ADP have, like, a very realistic shot of finishing the season well below the backups at both positions? I mean, it is not that ridiculous to forecast that Tyrion Davis-Price and Brandon Ayuk could just straight up have better seasons than Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. I think it's that's a great point, and I actually think they're probably the most likely team for that to happen. Yeah. With, like, even without injury. Right. That's the thing. Uh, it's so tough, man. I, it, yeah. I really like Ayuk, though. Like, but it is hard to find where the volume is going to come from. I mean, is he just a Javante Williams, but at wide receiver? The difference is Javante <laughs> yeah. Williams is like a top 25 pick to get him. And Ayuk, again, is like, you can get him like 90th. True. 100th. True. Depending on what platform on, he's outside the top 120, depending where you're looking. I'm just worried Lance throws like 20 times a game and Ayuk gets like five times. If you're drafting an ESPN, Brandon Ayuk's like 130th. I mean, think man. about that. Yeah, yeah. He was the wide receiver 22 per, per ADP last year. I looked this up today. He was the top yeah. 24. He's 24 mm. years old. He's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Also, we've talked about him a lot, but also Fred Warner, who's the captain of the Niners defense, basically like picked a fight with him and has been chirping him. And they asked him, why did you start a brawl over with Brandon Ayuk? And he was just like, Brandon Ayuk can be really good. I'm trying to piss him off so he gets better, which is not a quote, <laughs> but that was kind of what he meant. I was like, that's awesome. Love yeah, to hear he, that. I used to always get told when like, uh, I was playing like middle school and high school sports. Uh, one of my coaches, I forget who it was, but they would always say the second I stop like chirping you, that's when it, you should know there's a problem. Like I only chirp the people <laughs> who I, I have faith in and believe in and I see potential in. The second I stop critiquing you, that means I've given up. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting point. Yeah. yeah. When Craig was a producer, we were just like, you little bitch, <laughs> edit that pod. <laughs> now they just don't say anything to me. No, we just gave up on them. You just okay. gave up. Well, speaking of giving up, uh, the Browns running back Cream Hunt asked the Browns for a trade, and they were like, "No." And he did a hold in for two days, and they were like, like, "All right." And now he's happen, back, bro. <laughs> now he came back. Which I think fine. really sad, really sad hold in. I don't know if this changes anything. He's not, he's a expiring. He wants a new deal. Uh, if Cream Hunt got traded somewhere, he could be like really good. But basically, he's same role as last year. I feel like the Browns are going to hold on to him. Um, yeah, and then he's just the receiving back in an offense where you know it's pretty valuable to be a running back, but. He's like A.J. Yeah, Dillon. Yeah. He has no upside. leverage right now. I mean, that's the no. problem is they have good, like Dearness Johnson's really good too and he's shown that he's good so that the, the Browns would not get desperate to grab, to like give him a raise or whatever, um, give him a trade. And I, who's going to trade for a running back? There's just so many of them. Regardless, Kareem Hunt, once again, is probably just one of the more boring but underrated and pretty solid fantasy assets. He's, he's good every year. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than Josh Jacobs. Oh, me too. Probably at this point, David Montgomery as well. Yeah, I think I agree. Riser. Texans running back Damian Pierce. The who DK is basically this was like your one of your favorite players in the draft. <laughs> this was me. Rookie. He was on my Dude, sleepers awesome. list on the guide. Okay, yeah, but DK got there first. Yeah, That's but I was real. I was doing the real NFL draft, Craig. Yeah, for the real NFL draft, <laughs> DK was like, I said to me this guy, I love this guy. And like why wasn't he on your sleepers list? Early DK? February. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just want to. All right, well, who wants to talk about him? Craig or DK? Let's step Craig, up. Craig, you got it, man. You go. 
Uh, I mean, I already gave my pitch on him on the sleepers episode, but he's the cheapest starting running back you can get in the league by a wide margin. This guy's going well outside the top 100, and he has the worst competition in the league. He's going up against Marlon Mack, who's coming off a torn Achilles, and Rex Burkhead, who's like 48 years old. Uh, he's really good too. Like he, he can play in the passing game. He breaks tackles. He's very elusive. He's physical. He's tough. I think he was PFF's highest graded running back coming out of college. The only question is he didn't really get much volume in college at Florida. And that was like a big question mark for him coming into the league because I think he had like just over a hundred carries is like his career high for any season. So, mm-hmm. you know, can he handle the volume? Can he be that three down guy that, you know, you really want in fantasy? That's a big question mark, but like talent wise to me, this is a no brainer. The only thing I worry about is like he's going to go in there and just not really know what he's supposed to be doing at times. And like they'll just go with the 32 year old Rex Burkhead because he's standing in the right position. I think this is a triple digits pick. Yes. But by the end of the season, I think you could see Damian Pierce receiving 15 plus touches a game. Yes. Not week one. I think this is a guy that it's a stash. If you're spending more than $3 on him in a, in a, in your, you know, with your budget and your draft or just taking him as anything other than like a random bench flyer, it's a mistake, but sure. I have no problem. It's a bench flyer, but if he rises up more than that, cause he like ostensibly wins the job, then I'm actually kind of going to be out because I don't know how much winning this job is worth. Like, congratulations. You're like the lead of a timeshare for like potentially bottom two offense in the NFL with the bears. And that usually is like fine. Yeah, but he's free. So who cares? All right. There are a couple other guys here that have been (laughs) making a lot of training camp hype. This segment is called who? Yeah. Just like, it's just like the, who is this? And I mean, I obviously knew who all these people were for like, you know, years. However, other people maybe have not heard of these people. So hypothetically for the other people who have not heard DK, could you explain um, what's a Romeo dubs out of green Bay? So Dobbs, funny, Romeo funny Dobbs. you mentioned that because during the entire draft season, this is a fourth rounder out of Nevada. Everyone was calling him. Well, not everyone, but the people that had read, like, I think the release from the school that like tells you how to pronounce names. It had been saying it Romeo dubs like a W it's D O U B S is yeah. the spelling D O U. And it came out last week, I think early last week that, and he'd like basically sheepishly told the media that, Hey, by the way, it's actually, uh, Dobbs, <laughs> not Dubs, even though everyone was calling him Dubs. Uh, so it's Romeo Dobbs, which I'm probably not going to get right for the first like six months or whatever. Um, but yeah, he is absolutely lighting it up at camp to the point where the whole rookie not doing jack shit in the Packers offense like that might not be a thing this year because he's been so good. It's like a chorus from every beat reporter. Every single day he's making like a big play. And of course, we've talked about this. There's so much... It's so, it's a wide open competition in Green Bay, and this is the back to back MVP quarterback. Like Alan Lazard, we don't know really if he can like actually be a higher volume pass catcher. Sammy Watkins, come on, you know, uh, Randall Cobb is just a slot guy only, and this guy's he he lines up outside, he wins down the field, and so he's not really even competing with uh, Randall Cobb. And then you know everybody else in this offense, like he could end up being the starter. He could have volume this year. Like I know, like it's stupid to be like, "Hey, this fourth round guy could be a fantasy relevant player," but this fourth round guy actually could be a relevant fantasy player. It's kind of crazy. Here's the thing: you said drumbeat, and again, it is one of those things. Every single day, he's had a great practice, and then mm-hmm. on top of it, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to read the quote. He said, "Rodgers said 
Every single day, there's been at least one wow play, and that's rare for a young guy like that. We've had some guys over the years do that, but they're all in the top 10 of Packers receiving history. Good start for him, end quote. That's yeah. what Rodgers said. And then the beat guys clarified, Rodgers doesn't just heap praise on people. Like, Rodgers doesn't just do that. Now, he said he's all about the, Rodgers is all about the self-love now, post-TMT. I was, was going to say, he's a different guy. Maybe he's a different guy. <laughs> but I did think it was interesting that they're like, he doesn't just like st- come in here and start comparing rookies to like Donald Driver and stuff. However, there's also the note, on one hand, I'm getting high on the optimism here and I'm like, wow, maybe this dude is going to be like the number one receiver for the Packers. Bill Barnwell for me has been at a great note that he said 90, 90 wide receivers have been drafted in the fourth round yeah. since 2000. And not one has had a thousand yards in their rookie season. Not a one. And <laughs> only four of those 90 yeah. ever did it in their careers, which is actually crazy to me. Four of their 90 receivers since 2000 ever hit a 1000 yard season. Yeah. But how many of those receivers have had a quarterback that went on an ayahuasca, ayahuasca vision quest and came out a better man and, Loves One back to back MVPs. How do you say it? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. I don't know, to be honest. I think it's, it's ayahuasca, ayahuasca I, I believe. Okay. Ayahuasca. Also, how many of those receivers hit 800 yards? You know, maybe they all hit 800 and Barnwell just picked a great <laughs> stat. Yeah, they're all hitting 999 every year. <laughs> the Herman Kane. It's like Mike Evans getting 1,002 yards every single season. I do like those stats. And it is like, that makes me feel dumb for even like talking about this guy right now because it's probably not going to happen. But like this scenario is pretty unique, honestly. They just it traded is, away Devontae is. Adams. It's the a best, the best quarterback MVP. in football is nobody yeah. to throw passes to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how you Crazy. rationalize this. That's how you talk yourself into this kind of thing. It's like, maybe this is just unique. You know, it's the Tobias Funke thing. Like, all these people delude themselves into believing that they can fix it. You know, but then actually, I think this guy might be it. And also, this is like Hyvitz's catchphrase, but he's free. He's your yeah. 16th pick. He's a flyer. Yeah, at the end of the and that, round. And that's what I like about it is that, look, obviously going against the odds. We just, again, if you included fifth and sixth rounders, there actually is probably way more success among these NFL players, actually in a weird way, just cutting it off at the fourth, but not doing third, fourth, fifth, et cetera. There's more rookie success stories. But what I like about him as a flyer, because let's be real, the, the last two people you put on your bench oftentimes are just fodder to get cut for like a week one or two. What I like about Romeo Dubs is if it works, it's worth it. Like sometimes my concern with like Damian Pierce for the Texans running back is like you take Damian Pierce and he's there and he's fine and he gets you like 11 points every week. But then it's just like, oh, it's like fine. It's like you have this guy on your bench and then he's replaceable anyway. Romeo Dubs, if he actually is the number one receiver for the Packers, it's like you've just, you won the lottery. And that's what I like about it. There are certain archetypes of late round picks that you can make sometimes you you need to i think you need a little bit of both you need a, a damian pierce type where it's nice to have guys who when your starters are on by you can plug him in and he'll get you 10 points and then you also want to spend the high upside 10x guys like romeo dubs dobbs dobbs dubs may very dobbs. likely oh it's dobbs dobbs how did i already fuck that up he could very well <laughs> catch zero passes this season or right have a thousand yards so you, you need to do both at the end of your draft in my get opinion. you a man who can do both oh, speaking yeah. of which, do, they need to do a study about why the fourth round is just a fucking wasteland for receivers what's going on with that what what is it about the fourth round that's when the pats draft all the wide receivers zero good receivers coming out of the fourth round well ever, i looked in the draft show how we Marshall. basically discovered we had a theory on why the second round receivers were better right but i just think it's so fascinating because there's 
tons of third round receivers that have been well. Like good fifth round receivers. Stefan Diggs is a fifth round wide receiver. Tons of undrafted. Exactly. Of course, there's more numbers with that, but like I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. It's also just random is usually the answer. Okay. Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco is just maybe the number two running back on the Chiefs. Who? After Clyde Edwards Hiller. Yes. I would like to reiterate the who. DK, who is Isaiah Pacheco? Have you guys seen that Dwayne Wade video? It's one of my favorite videos of all time. And maybe this can be the new name of this category. It's called Who That Is. And <laughs> this woman, a Miami politician, after the Heat won the 2006 finals and Wade won the finals MVP, the next season, she was like honoring him before a game. And she goes, and Dwayne Wade is sitting right behind her. I'll, I'll send you guys a YouTube link. She goes, his name, of course, Wade Jones. And then Dwayne Wade's sitting behind her and goes, who that is? <laughs> I know you're going to do the Snoop, like the way you said it before, it was like the Snoop Dog. You ever seen just that video? It was him going, who? But like over and over. And, who? It shows Dwayne Wade look over his shoulder. <laughs> Wade uh, Jones. That would that would be good. Okay, so who that is? DK, who is Isaiah Pacheco? I mean, seventh round pick out of Rutgers. The big here's the deal. (laughs) He's a Wade Jones. (laughs) He runs four three. This is all you need to know. He runs a four three, and he's getting insane amount of hype out of uh, Chiefs training camp right now. Kevin Clark is part of the hype industrial complex. Yeah, seriously. Even saw yeah Clark unsolicited. People are coming up to Kevin Clark and telling him how much Isaiah Pacheco is awesome. Uh, here's the deal. And here's why it's interesting. All the other running backs on that team fucking suck. So like this <laughs> does matter potentially. Um, uh, you know, I, I, in, in my prior life, I was a Ronald was Jones. Was Clyde Sucker a gallbladder surgery last year? <laughs> well, actually, you know, I'd like to see I think, you do a running back with gallbladder surgery. Here's the argument that I've been, that, that I've been seeing out there that actually like, I think makes the most sense is the Isaiah Pacheco hype is actually just good news for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, Clyde edwards is going to be the starter and no one else is going to play because they're all bad. Uh, because Pacheco, or Pacheco is going to be essentially like a flash in the pan. This is just like one scenario. Of course, I don't know what's actually going to happen, but he'll just be a flash in the pan. He's fast, but he doesn't know how to like elude anybody or run into daylight or whatever. Ronald Jones is Ronald Jones. We all know what he is. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is 29, 30 years old now. Like he's not getting any younger. Um, <laughs> I think I honestly, this just no means one's getting younger. We're no one's it's never happened younger than they used to be. Um, I I don't honestly like when I watched Pacheco's uh, tape, I wasn't super impressed. I think there's a reason he won the seventh round. That's not to say that seventh rounders can't be good. Um, maybe this is like the offense that opens up his skill set, and and we'll eat, and I'll eat those words. But yeah, I don't know. I we've spent enough time. It's interesting <laughs> that I think you're right. I th- it's a good take, DK. That. This is probably less about Isaiah Pacheco and more about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mm-hmm. I feel like if there's one running back sitting in the top 100 where we're like, oh, we got that wrong. He should have been higher. Clyde's the one that's just kind of obviously sitting there because not just obviously there's a, someone had sent us an email this week that was really good. Basically, that there's an alternate reality where Clyde just scores on the first one of his goal line touches yes. in the first game of his career and yes. just is like a top three fantasy running back forever. And instead, he went 0 for 6 and just got pulled forever from the that'll goal line. Just, that'll keep you up at night, man. However... That stuff just messes. We're with also you. sitting here and we're like, well, Travis Kelsey is the top receiver on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs got to check down more. Who's going to be this number two? Is it Juju? Is it MVS? Is it Michael Hardman? Is it blah, blah. We're like, well, maybe freaking Clyde's going to catch more passes this year in this more like new offense where Patrick Holmes learns what a check down is. And we're all sitting here like maybe Aaron Jones will lead the like the Packers in receiving, like or at least catches. What if Clyde just catches way more balls this year? That was the whole reason they brought him in in the first place. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying I'm going to be out here targeting Clyde, but I think that that's the right way to frame this. It's less like, mm-hmm. hey, you should keep Isaiah Pacheco on your bench. Probably not. Well, honestly. I mean, it's free. <laughs> it's yeah, free, but even not? free at the expense of better people who are free. Isaiah <laughs> yeah, Pacheco but you want a piece of this offense. I, I would disagree with that. I think it's still worth taking a flyer on it. If you're drafting today and you don't know any better, in a 12 what's going team on, league, yeah. would you have Isaiah Pacheco on your bench? I mean, over like other actual people who are being drafted right now. Yeah, I think so. You're this offense with so many like targets up for grabs, but he's fighting for the number two job. He didn't even have it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying right now. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. He's right now. He's the number two. Like this is the resounding. Everyone is saying this. All the beat reporters are saying he's like even running with the one sometimes. Craig just okay, looks would you so rather goddamn have, bored. We do this every year. <laughs> Guys. Who cares? Yeah, what happened to Darwin Thompson? Wasn't that a thing a couple of years ago? Yeah. <laughs> he was also a sixth round pick. Yeah. I can't believe we do this every year. This, this is, I blame James Robinson. This is all James Robinson's fault. Isaiah Pacheco's not going to touch the football this season, folks. Is he going to make the team, Craig? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. And maybe he's the fourth string running back. Isaiah Pacheco's not going to be taking snaps with Patrick Mahomes in the fourth <laughs> quarter of a football game. Oh, I don't man. care how fast he is. Draft Clyde. Draft Clyde. That's the lesson. Yeah, I, I still probably wouldn't because I'm a, a little bitch, but <laughs> I'll feel dumb Fair. about not drafting Clyde later, but I'm not telling anyone to do it and I'm not going to do it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. TK, another training camp hype? I mean, there's a lot, but check out the ringer.com <laughs> where I'll have a column of the training camp hype all-stars up on Tuesday. So nice. All right, cool. Dope. That's cool. But also, you could tell us right now. No. no. fits. I'm tired of telling you about guys I'm excited about. You just get mad at me. So go read I about it. I was agreeing it. with you just now. <laughs> not, not right this minute. I mean, before, earlier, about, you know, like Wondell Robinson, for instance. Heifetz hates when good players with actual draft capital have a great training cramp. He, for some reason, doesn't like that. He's like, Pickens, I'm out. And we're like, oh. <laughs> I have like, no, the, you know, the Pickens thing's annoying to me because I, 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 George Pickens was like one of my favorite receivers to watch in college, but he just kept getting hurt. All right. Well. <laughs> so wait, what? So why do you I like see him? what you're saying. I'm I, confused. I, 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 <laughs> I thought there was more to that I don't story. like good players being good, oh. but I like bad players being good. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, like DK always like hypes up these like like Wandale Robinson types and George Pickens types guys with actual draft capital and like high end college production. But you're out on that. He and then scoffs we get, at it. We get into Romeo Dobbs and you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I did say it's never happened. He's never Sky Moore. That's actually Sky Chief Moore. I, I'm I upset with because he's not. 
Sky Moore keeps getting hurt and he hasn't played yet. No, he's back, I think. He had a little knee injury, I believe, or something like that. But it yeah, didn't sir, take, it he didn't missed all the OTAs and this the beginning of camp. And I just was like, oh. Well, you know. he's back. And he's been like playing well and running all over the field. They've been giving him like handoffs out of the backfield. Your favorite preseason storyline. Oh, you're right. This does make my fucking blood boil. I told you. <laughs> I just hate This is why I don't want to talk to you about it. This. Go read about it on the ringer.com. Craig, I'll talk to you about it later. You know, a little sidebar. We can publish that if you want. I just don't want to talk to Heifetz about it. I, you know what? Talk, talk, tell Craig and I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, Give us one talk. person from your Craig, this is for you and you only. Heifetz is on timeout. <laughs> We've been putting Calvin on timeout lately. It's, a, it's an effective strategy. Um, have we talked about Isaiah McKenzie? From no. the Bills? This guy. Slot receiver for the Bills. We've talked about him twice. Hyvitz. All right, I'll shut up. Hyvitz, you're in timeout, man. Danny? Uh, Sky I can Moore. already see what it must have been like to be like your math teacher in fifth grade, chiming in when you shouldn't be. <laughs> Um, I the other guys on my list, Sky Moore, who I'm actually legitimately excited about because okay. the guys in front of him, I just don't believe in him, frankly. Michael yeah. Hardman, Juju, sorry, just don't. Uh, who's the other guy? Oh yeah, Marcus Ellis Cantlin, who I forgot his name already. That's how much I believe in him. Bricks for hands. <laughs> uh, Elijah Moore balling uh -huh. out at Jets camp. Did you know that from? Hold on, I'm pull it up from week seven through week twelve. Elijah Moore, so that's a six-week period, and then he got hurt, and he, his season was over. He was the wide receiver three in fantasy in half PBR. Yeah, he, three. He, he, he actually did deliver. For, I'm, he's one of the few rookie wide receivers who actually like felt so hyped up in the offseason, and it, for, it was kind of unwarranted. It wasn't like a Jamar Chase situation, <laughs> right. and he actually paid off and kind of like validated all of the, the Danny Kellys the out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Fitz, you're off timeout. What's up, man? I think Craig's dead on, actually. Elijah Moore is a good example of, like, the upside of his training camp hype. But the irony was he was terrible before, and he kind of kept getting hurt, and he actually was not good. And a Here, lot of people Here's the irony. Him, and None then of he was the, amazing. He was bad when Zach Wilson was quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good, better way to put it. There's and a lot of numbers out there about Zach. Every time Zach Wilson threw to Elijah Moore, it just, like, didn't work. It was like a <laughs> horrible throw. It, it you know what work. the worst part? It, was, it wasn't just, like, he had a better connection with the other quarterback because they were literally any other quarterback. They had Joe Flacco. They had Mike, Mike White. White. Jo Josh Johnson signed. What was that? Like, not even measured in weeks. Days notice. And he was better with Josh Johnson than Zach Wilson. Yeah. It's rough. This year's going to be different, maybe. I don't know. I, I just think that Elijah Moore is super good, and that's the main thing that you should There's take a lot of receivers on the Jets, though. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like, Corey Davis is Corey Davis. I think he's, like, a role player. They got Garrett Wilson, who is a rookie who has not played a game yet. I think he's going to be good. Um, so when DK says it, it's fine. But when I say that, it's terrible. Say what? Garrett Wilson. Not, he's the first receiver taken in the draft. He's a top 10 pick. And you're like, oh, he hasn't played yet. When I say I like that, him. I'm like, I like, okay, him. I like him. Um, Who else do they got? Denzel Mims. Well, it's signed Tyra Conklin and CG's up. <laughs> he said Mims. that with a straight face. <laughs> Craig texted our group chat the other day. I was like, what is it, it going to have to take for Denzel Mims to get uh, snaps? <laughs> and I just said, he has to get cut and then sign with another team. I will go to my grave thinking that Denzel Mims is good and, and, and is a startable level he talent. Bad yeah, salmon. it'll be an early grave. <laughs> he had bad salmon. How are you forgetting this, everyone? <laughs> Did he, yeah, he lost like 20 pounds. Sala said that he's like done everything he's needed to. He's super impressed in this offseason. He's like in incredible shape. He's like studied. What does he need to do? He's good. He's good. <laughs> he's obviously not because he can't even play for the Jets. When Zach Wilson throws to him, does it work? 
<laughs> Probably does. Denzel, I, I just, I, you know what? I hated that freaking Mims song when it came out and we were kids, Craig. And that this is why I'm hot. This I hated that song and I hated Mims and I hate Denzel Mims. <laughs> God. Always, it's the dumbest <laughs> song. And I hated that song. Oh, anyway, okay. Any other hype players or you want to get to emails? Let's get to emails. All right. Wait, before we get to emails, I'd like to shout out. I sent out, uh, a, uh, I inquired about drinking games last week for my birthday. I played a few of them this weekend. I read through as many emails as I could. Um, I tried to respond to some. So thank you everybody for sending those out. I want to shout out four names. Uh, I played two games this weekend. Pizza Box and <laughs> Full House. And Pizza Box, three people emailed us about Pizza Box. Aaron Jensen, Anthony Clark, and Kyle Matthews. Thank you very much. We enjoyed Pizza Box. We realized about halfway through, this is for like four people listening right now, that the, <laughs> the circles we made were too small. They need to be a bit bigger. It took forever to fill the board. You're not going to explain how pizza, what Pizza Box is to the water well, audience? Probably faster just to Google it. Just Google it. Uh, <laughs> right, and then, right, Andrew, we played Full House, and it was really fun. Full House is like a combination of beer pong and flip cup mixed into one, so kind of more people can be involved in a beer pong game. And it was very fun. So thank you to you all. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, a lot of people with the drink games. Yeah, thank you for everyone sending those in. Yeah. We have a fantasy court, too. We should, we should like, really pull out all the stops and have a drinking game draft guide. Or a drinking game draft guide, or just drinking game court. Oh. When people can't resolve the drinking games. <laughs> Is that a thing but that we happens? we only do it with drunk people. A lot of the testimonies are, you know, unreliable. unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> all right, that was amazing. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get on the drinking bank, the drinking game draft guide. Okay, fantasy court. All rise. What? This person wrote, uh, Drew Papa, he wrote, greetings, Papas. Drew. I love why, that. Why, why did he say, why did he call us Papas? Henceforth, we will only be described as Papas in emails. We will not read your email unless you call us Papas. <laughs> no, we will definitely read your, don't call us. I do more emails than Craig, and I will definitely respond if you if you don't don't call us Papas. Actually, maybe I won't respond if you do. Now, now, no one knows what to do. Thanks, Craig. Okay, I'm gonna read the email. This issue came up in our league last year and caused some division amongst our league mates. The situation: our league switched from snake to auction last year, and after the draft took place, we were going over other areas to improve the league, and we thought one way to do that would be switching to the free agent auction budget. Which sidebar is something DK Craig and I all recommend. It's like yes. instead of yeah. waivers, which are dumb. Everyone gets a budget and you can just, you know, if you want to play, you pay for it. Back to the email. It seemed like everyone was on board with the free agent auction budget until one of our league mates put his foot down and said there was no way we could make the switch because we had already drafted, claiming that he would have drafted completely differently had he known we were doing fab. Flummoxed we were. <laughs> Good words. <laughs> Great sentence. Flummoxed we were. We asked him to provide a single example of how this could have mm -hmm. changed how we drafted. And he responded by accusing us of trying to steal his draft strategy. Well played. And well played by this guy. <laughs> that sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, to this day, he's yet to provide an example of how he would have drafted differently. So is there any merit to what he's saying or any plausible scenarios where someone's draft strategy would be thrown out of whack by switching to the auction budget for free? Nothing agency? that matters. Let's put it that way. My biggest problem with this is First of all, yeah, this guy's Machiavellian, so good on him. <laughs> but Drew, who sent this email, you should not need to require a unanimous vote to make a rules change. Who cares if this guy put his foot down? Make the change. Nine out of 10 is like, yeah, you need unanimous vote to make a rule change 
during the season. Like if everyone's like agreed to rules and then it's week six and you want to change the rules, you know, that probably needs to be unanimous. Otherwise, get nine out of 10. This is democracy. It's the best you're going to get. Exactly. Like m- maybe require like some sort of super majority. Maybe, you know, six out of 10 is not enough. But if you're in the seven, eight range, this guy can kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like filibusters are on their way out. Like nine, like like one cannot filibuster the other nine. This is ludicrous. Don't you, I, I'm just like the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm just, I hate people like this in leagues, man. <laughs> like just fuck, it's fantasy full. It's soccer. It's, soccer. it's soccer. Honestly, you know what I'm wondering? It's soccer. It's soccer. We're down by two points. Like just go with the flow. Who Greg. gives a shit? I mean, unless there's like a thousand dollars riding on this league, like shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what, that's what I was thinking. Oh God. I know. You, know, I, you think this is Tommy fam? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Tommy Pham is like, guys, I'm, I want to draft it differently. I'd love to talk to him. Like, why is he so upset about this? This free agent auction. I wonder thing? if he why like auto, he auto picked the end of his draft and then he didn't like the players, but now he just can't just go add whoever he wants and he's mad about it. I guess. Or he just doesn't know how the rule works and is like, you know, a little <laughs> self-conscious about it. No. So Drew, our vote is, is uh, you know, pass the vote through. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely. All right, democracy. That's all we got. Fantasyfootball.thereo.com. Check out our fantasy football rankings. Fantasyfootball.thereo.com. They're excellent. Well, the the rankings, who knows? But the guy, the the layout, unbelievable. The rankings, we'll see. Okay. Thank you, DK. (laughs) Thank you, Craig. Thank you to uh, Drew for calling us Papa. Thank you sincerely to everyone who's sitting in drinking games. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have, I I don't know, fantasy football questions, drinking game questions, Mm -hmm. arguments with your friends about either. I guess actual fantasy questions. Thank you to everyone who sent those in. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Pink Floyd. Said that weird. Pink Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) I blew it. (laughs) I blew it. It's Saturday Night Live, DK. I can't blow it. (sighs) Uh, Pink Floyd's great, though. No notes. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.